Welcome to the Gateways Beyond International Podcast, featuring inspirational teaching from our ministry bases in the nations. For more information, please visit us online at gatewaysbeyond.org. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's so good to be with you tonight. It's a privilege for us to come alongside of you here in Connecticut with all that God is doing in your region. We are thrilled to partner, to put our shoulder to the plow together with you. And uh, we recognize that we're in the middle of a divine setup from heaven. Do you realize that? That we're, we have, whether we know it or not, we have stepped into a Holy Spirit setup for us. This is a season of many coming togethers. There is a coming together, I believe, that's going to be released in greater measure in this season of heaven and earth coming together. There's a coming together of streams of the church that when they meet together, when they touch together, there's something that's released that's greater than those streams that are represented. You know, in a convergence... It's when there's a meeting point when there are uh, rivers, there are streams that flow together, and then there's an upswelling of the water. There's a release of life, and I believe that that's what God has for us at this time. It's also, we're in a divine setup because we have all these things. We have the, the prayer and worship movement that's taking place in Connecticut. We have the camp meeting with folks internationally and around the nation that are coming together. And there, we also find ourselves here together on one of the feasts of the Lord. We find ourselves here at an appointment with God, with a, an invitation to meet with Him in a new way. And so I believe that whether we realize it or not, we are stepping in to a divine setup from heaven for us. Thank you, Lord. So we just want to say, have your way. Have your way, God. Have your way in my life. Have your way in this place tonight. Have your way in the churches represented. Have your way in the state and have your way in this region. I believe that when these elements come together, what's produced is something that's greater than just what's going to affect one church or even a state But there is regional reformation that is on offer from the Lord if we recognize how He has positioned us, both geographically and according to His set times. According to His appointed times. According to the fullness of time that the Lord has for us. Thank you, Lord. And so so we're here at Wellspring Church We're here at at the name of this place speaks of a springing up of living water once again. Thank you, Lord, at this place of convergence tonight. We're also here at an appointed time. The feast, although it's been referred to as Rosh Hashanah, which is kind of modern Judaism's traditional new year, it actually what we find in the Bible about it is it's called the Feast of Trumpets, which in Hebrew is Yom Teruah. And it, and it just means this. Yom means day. Teruah means the blast of the trumpet. So it's the day where we blast the shofar. The day where the, the trumpets are blown. 
And the other feasts, as they're described in Leviticus 23 and other places, there, there is, there, other than the customary offerings, there is a, a prescribed manner in how they are, the Israelites were to live out the feast before the Lord. But this is a mysterious one. This is one that has hardly any information about it. Passover, there's a whole meal that's taken, and it points back to the Exodus story, but it's a foreshadowing of the table of the Lord and, uh, and of the coming of the Messiah that's fulfilled in Jesus. But here on this feast of Yom Truar, the Feast of Trumpets, other than some customary offerings, it just says you're to blow the shofar. You're to blow a trumpet. So we open the service And that was great with the blast of the shofar. But I believe that there's a sound of the Lord. There's a sound of the Lord that God wants to release out of the hearts and the lives of his people that will carry a sound that's within the natural sound. The sound of our praise, the sound of our prayer as it rises up to heaven carries supernatural power to make adjustments in the atmosphere so that more of heaven comes down and touches earth. Father, would you release that sound tonight? Would you release that sound? You see, it's probably because so little is said that it foreshadows, it's speaking of a day that we as believers know about as we've read in the new covenant of the day of the great trumpet blast. The day when the heavens will be ripped open. The day when the shout of the Lord will be released. When the heavens will break open the great and glorious day of the return of Yeshua. The return of Jesus himself to come and to rule and reign over the nations of the earth. We find ourselves in the seventh month of the biblical calendar. And we know, as good Christians, we know our... What the numbers mean, at least the first seven numbers, we have all the different meanings for those. But in seven, it speaks of divine perfection, the completion of the heart, the will, and the ways of God. And so we're here on the first day of the seventh month of the Hebrew calendar. Within that seven month, there are more holy days than all the rest of the biblical calendar combined together. So the seventh month, like the seventh day of the week, is holy and it's set apart. The first day of ten days that follow the days of all. This is not just an evening, but this evening is to announce a season. It's to announce a period of time. We're to walk out of this place having received the sound of the Lord, the invitation of God, and carry it with us to open up a new season of holiness, a new season of encounter, a new season of the voice of the Lord being released in our midst. The seventh month is set apart to the Lord. Holy to God. You see, when the shofar is blown in the scriptures, we find out that it has a number of different purposes. There are a number of different reasons that Israelites blew the shofar. One of them was to summon the people of God together. Another reason that the the shofar blast would happen uh, for the Israelites in the wilderness as they were camped around the presence of God was to call the leaders to the doorway of the tabernacle of meeting to hear from the voice of God. Another reason was to cause the people of God to break camp, 
to pack up their stuff and to put their face and be ready to move forward. It was a call to advance the people of God forward. Hello? Does any of this fit with you tonight? But if however you want to hear it, there are many reasons. But when the shofar blasts, let's respond to the voice of God. Let's respond. Let's be ready to respond to the, the beckoning, the summoning of the Lord, the gathering of God that comes with the sound of the shofar and the shout of the Lord. It's to, it was used to assemble. It was used to mobilize the army of Israel as they would go out into battle. It was used as a strategy that would release confusion in the enemy's camps. Think about Gideon. Think about Joshua. It was the tool that the Lord spoke that would release confusion in the enemy's camp, that walls would come down, that victory, supernatural victory, would be released. Whether you're a leader gathered here tonight, receive the sound of the Lord, the shofar blast at the beginning of these 10 days. For those gathered for the camp meetings, we are hearing the sound of the shofar of God, the trumpet of God, and we're saying, upward, we arise and we will press forward. Thank you, Lord. Some years ago, a friend of mine in Baltimore, down 95, down the coast, uh, a little bit uh, farther south, there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in a church in Baltimore there that we were, had the privilege to be a part of and drink from that, that well of revival in that season. And the worship leader was also a Jewish believer, and they were going to record a worship CD. They went into the studio, and they felt like it would be a good thing to do to blow the shofar at the beginning of the worship recording. So there they are in a sound-isolated booth, in, in a separate room, in a studio. The point is no sound goes out, no sound comes in. They get the mic ready, and he, the worship leader, being a wonderful saxophone player, had great lungs on him, and he could play the shofar. He released a blast on the shofar. Seconds later, as that tone rung out, the door comes swinging wide open, and a Jewish rabbi in all black clothes and black hat comes running in, slides down on the floor in front of him on his knees, and said, what did you just do? You see, the physical sound was trapped within that studio. But when the instrument that God gives us, with the breath of heaven behind it, when the vessel is positioned in the right way and the anointing comes through it, there's a sound within the sound that is released that goes through walls, that goes through barriers, that is able to move to break down obstacles. And here's an unbelieving Jewish rabbi, and he runs in, slides down on his knees and says, what did you just do? He says, I blew the shofar. Why did you do that? Well, we believe that when we blow the shofar, it's to assemble the people of God. The rabbi, we do too. We believe that when we blow the shofar, that it releases the voice of God that cuts through the atmosphere. We do too. When we blow the shofar, it's to gather and assemble the army of God together to rise and prepare themselves. Rabbi, we do too. You see, there was a sound that was released that was more than the physical sound. It was the sound of the Lord that pierced that rabbi's heart. That went through the walls of one studio where he and the rabbi was recording in another uh, sound-isolated room down the hallway. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
We can go through the motions of great events and convocations and prayer and be a part of a prayer movement, but remain unchanged. We can, we can participate in things and let our hearts and keep our hearts guarded so that they're not pierced by the very voice of God. But Father, here at the start of these days, this evening, the beginning of the 10 days of awe, we want to say that we open up our hearts wide before you. We position ourselves in humility, God, and we say, with the sound of your voice, pierce our hearts. Father, would you make us your trumpets? Would you make our lives like a shofar that the very breath of heaven would breathe through our lives and send your voice into every sphere of influence that you have given us. Release the sound within the sound. Release the supernatural sound that brings breakthrough, that calls your people to yourself, that speaks confusion to the enemy and lets the walls come down. Like in this story... about this Jewish-believing worship leader and an unbelieving rabbi. I believe at the end of the age, the scriptures show us that there is going to be another coming together. There's going to be a movement of what God is doing when He's redeeming His household, His people, and there will be a believing remnant of Jewish people that have turned their hearts to the Lord. And they'll be positioned there calling upon the name of the Lord. Jesus said himself, you will not see me as he was speaking over Jerusalem again until you cry out, Baruch haba Bashem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now Jerusalem understood what he was saying because that was the call for the bridegroom. At every Jewish wedding, at the beginning of the wedding, there will be a call for the bridegroom to come under the chuppah and it is sung or chanted or spoken out, Baruch haba Bashem Adonai. So God is doing a work where he's raising up a believing remnant of Israel that represent the whole. God only needs a remnant to bring the breakthrough. He uses a remnant. He looks down from heaven and sees a remnant. And he says, that's enough to release my redemptive purposes. And so we gather in churches. We gather in places across the state. And we say, Lord, here we are as a remnant representing the whole. Have mercy on Connecticut. Have mercy on New England. Come and move in power again. See your redeemed remnant. So there's one movement there amongst Israel. And then there's a movement of believers, the international church from all around the world of coming to faith and the Spirit of God falling upon them so that there's a cry, a longing that's released from the bride of God that's calling out. There's one cry that calls the bridegroom, another one from the bride. It says in Revelation, and the Spirit and the bride say, come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly to your church. Come to your bride. 
We are longing for the day of your return. We are longing for the wedding feast. We are longing. We want to pull upon tomorrow and hasten the day. No one knows the hour, but 1 Peter tells us that we can help to hasten the day of the Lord. To return by coming into alignment. And so these kind of gatherings are kingdom alignment for God's purposes. We are being lined with his times and his seasons at the biblical feast. We are being aligned in unity as the body of Messiah in the region, the body of Christ and streams coming together. We are being aligned geographically. We are being aligned according to the calendar of God. And there's an invitation that we join our voice to the sound of the Lord so that heaven and earth might come together and he establishes his righteous rule and his reign. When he responds to the convergence of these cries for his return, there will be a great blast of the trumpet upon that day that will announce his return. The day that we long for, the day that we hope for. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. The Feast of Trumpets is pulling upon that day. In some ways, it's a rehearsal for us. Don't you want to be familiar with the sound of the shofar so that we know the day and the hour when it comes in fullness? We want to recognize that sound, not just a physical sound, but the sound within the sound. The sound by the Spirit of God that will cause uh, uh, the body of Christ to rise up to meet Him. Rise up to be gathered together with Him. 1 Corinthians 15. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will rise incorruptible and we shall be changed. Thank you, Lord. It's a dress rehearsal, folks. It's preparation. We are pulling, we are positioning ourselves, we are aligning ourselves with what the Word of God says is our destiny. And we are saying, hasten it. Let it come quickly through our being rightly positioned. Matthew 24. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels, and with great sound of a trumpet, they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to another. Let's be prepared for this sound that the scripture speaks about. The sound of the shofar blast is the announcement, it's the call. For the days of awe. The days of awe are the ten days between the Feast of Trumpets and the Day of Atonement. In these fall feasts that point towards future fulfillment, we see a progression. Feast of Trumpets, a call to repentance. Day of Atonement, redemption. Feast of Tabernacles, rejoicing at the work of God. Repentance, redemption, rejoicing. And in this progression, what we're invited into during these times, we as believers, we as those who are walking with him, let's align our hearts together with what he's doing in the time and season that is upon us right now. Thank you, Lord. 
just want to say that these days of awe in the Jewish understanding do not only represent a different way of thinking, a repentance in our mentality, or only a, 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 um, having a renewed mind, but they also have to do with restitution, of making right what was wrong. And so in Jewish communities all over the world during these 10 days of awe, husbands and wives reconcile together. Businesses, it's an opportunity to put things right that have been out of order. Families that are estranged. And it's an opportunity not just to repent, not just to change the way you're thinking, but to create acts of love and service to God. The hallmark of revivals of the church has been that it wasn't just where the people of God were blessed, but they began to be transformed so the acts of love began to happen out of their lives. This season of the days of awe is the, is, we can hold together the, the story of past revivals and the days of awe likened to each other and say there's an opportunity not just to repent, to turn our hearts to the Lord, but to come into alignment for restitution, for to come into the order of God, to come into the alignment of heaven in every area of our life. Let's lead the way, church. Let's lead the way as the people of God, leaders, pastors that are gathered together. Let's lead the way in coming in to alignment with the word of God and seeing restitution put into place. So this is the season that we find ourselves. This is the setup from heaven. It's on many different levels and it's happening all at the same time. Increase our capacity to understand, to know, and to respond to what you're doing in your appointed times and seasons. If you would turn in your Bibles with me, I want to bring a word of encouragement to us out of Psalm 68. Psalm 68, a Psalm of David. It's thought that this was a Psalm that was written to be a victory song after the battles that David, as he went out and conquered the enemies of his people, the enemies of his kingdom. And they would come back and the women would sing the songs, the songs of victory after war. And it recounts the movement of God, the march, the procession of God through the wilderness as he led his people forth. At the blast of the trumpet, we said one of those things was to gather, to assemble, and to mobilize the people of God. Numbers 10 tells us very clear instructions. It says you're to take two silver trumpets. And when you, bla- when you sound them in a certain way, it's to gather the leaders together. When you sound them in another way, it's to make, cause the different tribes to break camp and get ready to move forward. When you sound the alarm on those silver trumpets, it's to rise and prepare for war, to enter in, to battle, to take the ground that God has. Psalm 68 and verse 1 takes us back to that movement of God, that procession of God through the wilderness. Thank you, Lord. Verse 1, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let those also who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. Here at the very start, let God arise. 
Let God arise. In Numbers chapter 9, we remember that where the, the Lord gave a prescribed pattern for the tribes of Israel to be camped in the wilderness around the manifest presence of God. There was the tabernacle of meeting in the center, and it says that the, God's presence came down over that tabernacle in front of the door first, and then it rose over the tabernacle. It was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God manifests his glory in the center of the nation as they were on the move with him. I believe that there's a sound that God is releasing tonight that's inviting us to get up and to advance, to get up and to move, but we want to go in the way that he has called us. We want to respond when he moves first. Like Moses said as he spoke to the Lord face to face, he said, I'm not going unless you go before us. We will not move unless you move first. And so a pattern is initiated through Moses' desire before the Lord that translates down to the people of God and there When the cloud would rise up, the people of God would rise up. When the cloud would move forward, the people of God would move forward. You see, it took a discernment to look beyond what was going on around them, to lift their eyes to the heavens, to the clouds, to see the movement of God over them, and then recognize the timing of God in that season. The Lord has been preparing, he's been working, and there's a season of preparation for the body, but there's a time to be prepared. There's a time to recognize when he's on the move and what he's doing. It seems to me, I don't think it takes a great deal of discernment or to be a a, a prophet to tell that God is on the move in Connecticut. That what we're a part of tonight is a part of the movement of God. If it's not that, then we don't want anything to do with it. But we recognize that he's doing something. Things are shifting in the atmosphere. Things are moving in the heavenlies. And so the verse says, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. You see, when there's a moving, when there's a rising of the presence of God over the people of God, there's a response. What is the response? In verse 3, let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Let them rejoice exceedingly. When God begins to move, it's an outbreak of joy. There's an awakening that happens on the inside. So at the movement of heaven, at the rising of God in our midst, our mouths are filled with laughter. We, are, we, we loose off the heavy clothes of the past season that have held us in past mindsets. Past disappointments. And we lay those aside and we begin to release praise. We begin to sing. We begin to rejoice. It says it three times in one verse. If you're a student of the scriptures, we know that there's an emphasis that comes when something is repeated three times. It's underscored and it's exclamation marked. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. God is on the move. Arise, O God, and let your enemies be scattered. The response on earth below to the the beginnings of the movement of God is rejoicing and laughter. We open our mouth in praise. Let's continue on. We're just going to hit a few verses before we close. Verse 4, sing to God, sing praises to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. 
The God who rides upon the clouds. The God who moves in the heavenlies. Here it tells us, and it's not just poetic imagery, folks. It's looking back when God literally was shrouded by a cloud of his presence and his glory. He encountered Moses in that cloud on the mountain first in the middle of the firestorm on Sinai that burnt the top of the mountain. But Moses approached the presence of the Lord. He came up into the cloud. It says here, he's the one who rides upon the clouds. That cloud moved from Sinai and it rested over the tabernacle and then it would arise and it would move forward and the people with him. He rides upon the clouds. If we could have the heart like children that we would step outside of our door in the morning and we would lift up our eyes to the heavenlies. Let me tell you, it's a secret to a victorious life in God is not being so consumed with our circumstances, the things around us, learning the secret of looking up. And when we look up and behold the movement of God, rejoicing is released in our hearts. Something changes while we're looking up. He's working down below to make a way forward for His people. Later on in the chapter, it says, He rides on the heaven of the heavens. Such beautiful, beautiful description. He makes the clouds His chariots. Thank you, God. When God moves in the heavenlies, when, he, when there's a movement in the clouds of the heavens, there's a response from earth below. It's like the dance of two camps that Jacob talked about. The Hebrew word is machanaim. It's when there's a sinking of two camps together. The movement in the heavenlies of the things of God, the movement of God, and God's people begin to respond to his movement below. Our first response is joy and rejoicing. Our second response is that we open up our mouths and we sing to God. We sing praises. That's why these 10 days in, in multiple churches each day, there is worship that's being released. There's prayer that's being released because we're recognizing that he's arising over Connecticut and there's a song that must be sung, but it's a song of joy. It's a song of gladness. Let's skip down to verse 7. Oh God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth shook. The heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You, O oh God, sent a plentiful rain. You see, when heavens begin to move, there is a release from heaven. It's marked by rain. It's the rain of blessing that comes to water the land. We arrived a few days ago, beautiful and sunny. The start of the conference, maybe some people, the start of this gathering, some people are like, oh, it's raining. What's the turnout going to be like? I was rejoicing on the inside because God is moving in the clouds. He's moving over the land. There is a cloud of his glory. Then he, as he moves through it, heaven will drop its blessing to earth below. Man responds in singing and rejoicing, but the earth will respond too to the movement of God. Mountains shake at the presence of the Lord. 
The land will quake at the very footsteps of God in the heavenlies. Mountains are moved. It says Sinai itself was moved at the presence of the Lord. Father, would you release a shaking in the land? That veins of glory from past seasons would break open again. That faithful seeds that have been planted in the ground would be burst forth into life. That there would be cracks in the ground. And as the rain of heaven, as heaven and earth come together in what's been held in faithfulness. Let me tell you, friends, some of you have been sat in disappointment because you have not seen the manifestation of God's promise in your life. The words you've been holding on to, the visions of dreams. But let me tell you this. There is such a thing as an appointed time. There is such a thing as the fullness of time. And it just might be, and I believe it is, that this is such a season for us. It's not that He has delayed in His promises. It's not that we are to grow faint, holding on in faithfulness to the Word of God. He has been preserving the seed of His Word. Take this on whatever level that you receive it, whether you're taking it for your own life, whether you're taking it for your family, you're holding on to it for prodigals that you're calling to come forth, you're holding it on for the move of God that you're believing for, the fruitfulness to come in your church, the fruitfulness in society, in your region. But on every level, the Lord has been preserving the faithful seed. He's been entrusted it into the ground here in this region, waiting for such a time as this, when there is a convergence, when there's a coming together, when heaven and earth come into alignment, when God's people come into alignment, calendar and nations, when there's a movement. I mean, folks, it's happening on so many levels right now. Father, open the eyes of your servants. Open the eyes of your sons and daughters to see your movement in the heavenlies. Father, we thank you that people respond, but the earth will respond as well. We're out of time. We'll close with this. As it goes throughout the chapter, it speaks about this procession. Heaven initiates and response in earth below. But there comes a point when we catch, we begin to understand the movement of God and it says that the singers, the musicians, verse 24, they have seen your procession, O God. Father, let us see your movement throughout Connecticut, throughout New England. Let us become aware of the march of the Lord. Let us become aware of the movement of the heavenlies, Lord, and respond in like way. They have seen your procession, O God, the procession of my God, my King, into the sanctuary. The singers who went before, the players on instruments. Bless God in the congregations. It goes on to mention some of the tribes. Bless God in the midst of the tribes of Israel. Bless God in the churches of New England. Bless God in the congregations of the righteous. Bless God in the sacred assemblies. Bless God in the gatherings of worshipers. Bless God in the gatherings of His saints as they come before Him in humility and cry out for His movement. Take heart, New England. He has preserved the faithful seed. He has preserved the remnant for such a time as this. And there's a movement in the heavenlies. And there's a shaking on the earth below. Lord, release faith. 
Release faith in the hearts of your people to lay a hold of your word and to, lay a, and to be able to see your movement and respond in like manner. Now the end of this chapter speaks about Israel praising the Lord and the nations singing praise to God, even in the midst of the judgment that they've passed through. This is what Yom Teruah, the Feast of Trumpets, represents. What I was speaking about earlier, the redeemed of Israel coming to salvation, calling out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The international church arising together from every tribe, tongue, and nation and calling out, come, Lord Jesus. And as those two movements come together, it will be a sound that's released throughout all of the earth that will shake heavens and earth below, and he won't be able to hold himself back any longer. He will not be able to be held back any longer. No one knows the time, no one knows the hour, but we do know some of the things that will happen just before. Let's give ourselves to what matters for the kingdom of God. Let's give ourselves to the establishment of his purposes. Father, we thank you for your times and your seasons. We thank you for your movement in the earth and in this place. Release the sound that will cause us to arise And let that sound be echoed in praise. Let it be echoed in joy and rejoicing. And let it be echoed in forward movement. We want to move with you. We're going to advance. We're going to march on with you, Lord. Let your kingdom come. Come, Lord Jesus. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.